right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. We don't got time for that. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Hello, haters. How's everybody doing? Hey, happy March. And happy March, but more importantly, hello Mm. to the haters, the the doubters, the losers. Sup? Your your uh, level of Woo! of I guess what What's well, that? when when KU dropped behind a couple games they were six and four in Big Twelve play yeah you were still you were full fledged you were Kansas is still winning the Big Twelve I literally told you and they were going to win by you, two games like I, a week after that. and that is not impossible right no, now it's happen. if Texas is really going to happen I'm going to I'm going to be right all along because all Kansas has to do is beat Texas on Saturday and even if Texas wins tonight. Exactly that scenario that you just mentioned would happen. I mean, there's even a chance Kansas wins by three games, Nick. Are, like, think about oh, that. Oh man, I love. Kansas. Think about that. Kansas could win the league by three games based on what happens tonight man. and Saturday. Oh, so did you know this? This was uh, sent along by one of our salespeople. Yep, uh, Talina. Happy shout birthday, out, Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, happy birthday, man. March first, nineteen fifty-five. So how does that make Allen Fieldhouse? Uh, what? 65, 68? 65. 68. 68? Yeah. That's pretty old. Yeah, it is. Imagine being able to go back in time. You know, you're you're in year two of the Allen Fieldhouse era okay. at that point. And Wilt Chamberlain is debuting and putting up whatever <laughs> he put up against Northwestern, like 40-something points. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be pretty cool. Different time, different time. Um, So, yeah, we're going to be breaking down... The KU Texas Tech win last night. KU winning the Big 12 title. We're going to play the senior day speeches for you in the 5 o'clock hour in case you missed any of them. We've got a KU club interview brought to you by Johnny's Tavern in North Lawrence with Andy Stewart of the KU Rugby Club. We also are going to, because it is March, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of March-isms, a lot of March terms. A lot of things that you never would say in any other month of the year except mm-hmm. in March. Yes, exactly. Specifically we for like college basketball. We should do this for every month of the year. Just every month. <laughs> Honestly, I'm down. A, Every month at the start of the month, we draft. Is there what? enough, though? Like, when we get to July, I'm, like, having trouble thinking of any. <laughs> well, okay, maybe this not every This is July. Like, I don't know. That maybe doesn't not work. every month, but, you know. Okay. There are certain months where it's like you only say those terms for that month. It's not just March. I mean, I think the only other ones that I can think of are, like, like holiday months. Certainly you do. Like, yes. December. Yes. Uh, November, maybe a little bit. October, I guess, because you have, like, trick-or-treat stuff. Uh... But even like uh, know, in man. April, you say like April showers, you know, say one other April fools, April <laughs> showers. Fools. There you go. Bang. Else? There's two uh, right there. I guess is is two the, the minimum number required to do a draft, <laughs> right? If uh, we have two guess, people. Yeah. Everybody gets one. Just get one. Yeah, okay. There you perfect. Go. Boom. Well, there's our early look ahead of the April draft. What do you want? I'll take April fool's day. Okay. Have April I'll showers. take April showers. All right. Our draft is done. Showers. We'll have our ma- March draft coming up at four o'clock hour. <laughs> Uh, so KU takes down Texas Tech 67 to 63. You are Big 12 champions. You clinched at least the share of the conference. Let's go. 
Texas plays at TCU tonight. TCU's two and a half point favorites. That tells you TCU's slight favorite to win the game. Um, and if they do, Kansas will have clinched it outright. Before you even have to play him. Yep. I think DeWan Harris was saying that he wanted Texas to win because he wants... Yeah, and Bill Self gave a similar... Con- I think mm-hmm. somebody asked about that in the post-game presser, and he said something similar like, you know, oh, we'll be watching the game, but we're not going to have like a rooting interest or whatever. We yeah. don't really care, you know. I'll be honest. I am rooting for TCU. What are you going to do about it? Uh, I don't... I mean, I kind of don't really care, but I would be cool if TCU won. So I guess I'm rooting for TCU too. Okay. But I'm not... There we go. If Texas wins, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, Texas mm-hmm. won. Dang it. So speaking of, of, the T- of, of TCU... Okay. Remember when KU beat TCU, I and I came in here, and I had an extra glow, and I said it was say? ugly, but it was a fun ugly. Oh, yeah. In the way that they won that game. Bill Self's favorite win. Exactly. And one you, of the things that got I followed and, that up with. You got down and dirty. I said, it's it's fine if you win an ugly game every now and then, especially when it's on the road against a good opponent. Yes. What's not fine is if you start to stack together ugly wins. Well, here we are. They've won three straight games by, you know, kind of the skin of their teeth, so to speak. And that one was the crown of ugly. Though I got to tell you again, the best part of winning ugly, winning! You won! You won the game! Winning! Yeah. That's the best part. You know, I'm not going to go too into it about like, oh, I'm worried about Kansas like playing bad or anything now because of the fact that, you know, it... It was a game where you had a lot of pressure. Um, you were yeah. trying to wrap up the Big 12. A lot of internal pressure. Yeah, a lot of internal pressure. Senior day for a lot of guys. Texas Tech, Like I, I go back to this number, even after the game last night, since February 10th, Texas Tech is the 18th best team in the country on Bart Torvik, playing a good team who's fighting for their NCAA tournament lives. Yeah. And you just... Like there, there. That was just bad basketball. There wasn't like a lot of things you did horribly, though. It was. But, I mean, it besides, basically boiled down. You besides, couldn't shoot. Yeah. Besides just missing threes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like they were good looks. Right. right? So it so, was like you know. It would be one thing for me to come in here today and be like, "Well, Kansas had twenty turnovers and they gave up fifteen offensive rebounds, but good thing they they barely were able to get through and win. Like it, it was an ugly win, and it doesn't bode well that they're playing like that right now. No, like they they did a lot of things actually very well. They got a lot of the shots they wanted to. Yeah, they, they just, just missed them. weren't falling. So I'm I'm not overly concerned, but yes, I there is a part of me that's like, okay, please stop winning and, okay, games this ugly. Something that I very much wanted to highlight today on the show is yesterday we spent some time musing or talking about how last night's game would affect Kevin McCuller and, and Jalen Wilson. Oh, it's senior night. They're going to be giving senior speeches. Last game out of field, that's whatever. One guy who we did not talk about at all was Grady Dick. And presumably that was also Grady Dick's last game in Allen Fieldhouse. Obviously he's not a senior, but he's, it's, he's looking like he's going to be a lottery pick, probably going to go to the draft. So that was, for all intents and purposes, his also, like, quote-unquote, senior night. Last night in outfield, right, last game in outfield house. And with Kevin McCuller and, and Jalen Wilson, they were they played really well. The effect was positive for them. Kevin McCuller had a great game. He made the play of the game. He had made great defensive effort, incredible plays. Jalen Wilson in the second half really showed up and made some big plays. It was 9-10 for the free throw line. Had a, had a great game as well. That wasn't the case for Grady Dick. Grady Dick looked like a guy who knew it was his last game down Fieldhouse and was playing with that pressure of knowing mm-hmm. it was his last game. 0 of 7 from the field. 0 of 5 from 3. Now, that all being said, he did end up making some clutch three throws, free throws late in the game that helped KU win it. Yeah. So even though he struggled 
to score, he still made his impact felt in other in other ways. But but yeah, I thought that was interesting because we did you know we spent some time talking about it. Like hey, you know, there's pressure, especially for the, for guys that know it's their last game out of Fieldhouse, Jalen Wilson and Kevin McCuller. We didn't really talk about Grady Dick. We didn't touch on him because obviously it wasn't seen. Like I said, it wasn't senior night for him. But for again, for all intents and purposes, his last game in Allen Fieldhouse, and it it clearly impacted his ability to shoot and score. Would you like to take a guess how many other games Grady Dick has made zero threes? It's probably like two. It is one. Oh, so two if you count the Texas Tech game. Okay, okay. But the only other game he did not make a three, he also did not take a three. That was the Texas game, right? It was the Oklahoma game in oh. Norman. Oh, okay. He went zero for zero. Okay. He went 0 for 5 last night. Every other game he's made a 3 this year. He low-key well, yeah, is... he scored at least 7 points in every game this season except for last night. Well, he's he's down to 36% from 3 in just Big 12-only games, which still is like a good number to be at, especially with the volume that he's he's shooting them at. Um, but that's 14th in the Big 12. So it, it's no longer like... Yeah. You know, just, and, you know he's, he had five rebounds and four assists, only yeah, turned yeah. it over once. Also had two blocks and a steal. Uh, and, 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 yeah, so he, he still made his impact known, which is a really positive sign, right? Like, yeah. he was feeling the pressure from a shooting yeah, standpoint. Yeah, I'm not worried at all about but it. But it. It, it wasn't like it totally cracked him and, and caused him to overall play really right. poorly. Like, no, like still, I said. He still made his presence felt in other areas, but, like, with a guy like Grady, for Kansas to be very successful, you need that – capacity of his game of, of hitting threes. Yeah. Which so obviously they were able to still win the game without him, but like if he has a game like that in the NCAA tournament, that could be problems for Kansas. Yes. I don't, I don't know how many times they can overcome a game like that. So I think that nothing speaks more to him being able to impact the game in other ways. You know, maybe not to the same extent of a guy like Dwan Harris, but uh, the fact that he was 0 for 7 and still played 35 minutes tells you that Bill Self was trusting him in other areas yeah, of the exactly. game. That tells you that the shots that he was getting were were good looks. Yeah. And they just weren't And calm. also the gravity he still pulls out with uh yeah. players on him. I um I think that I'm not worried about this at all and I I almost no, expect no, Brady against like Texas or in the Big 12 tournament to just like go off, right? Like it'll just neutralize out. He was getting wide open looks though. So yeah, that, that yeah. kind of goes into the idea of why the game was closer than you might expect. Uh Kansas only had 5 turnovers. Yeah. Kansas didn't have a good offensive rebounding game. They only had 4. Tech had 10, which is obviously way more than you had, but that's not like a number that jumps off the page. And Tech only shot I think 41% from the field. Yeah, I mean they were just as bad from 3 as Kansas was. Yeah. So so you just you weren't making By shots. Way, have you ever seen a guy miss a wide open three as bad as O'Banner missed in the first half? Dude, I don't know what was all going on there. He was spooked. Was, Maybe it was the uh, we like, have the better I mean, Kevin sign like, in the stands. I mean, it was like five feet off. Like it wasn't even like he might you might as well put a blindfold on him and let him shoot it. That's how far off it was, and he was wide open. I'd never seen that before. Never seen that. Are you? Are you worried at all about maybe some of the shooting issues that this team has had, though, down the stretch? I think it's fine, and I'm not that worried because Kansas has shown they can win games where they don't really shoot very well. Plus, I just kind of expect that I think they are going to start hitting shots eventually, right? Like like Grady, for example. Like, I don't think there's any way Grady has another game the rest of the season where he doesn't hit a three. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I expect that he's going to turn it around and... and and ball out basically. That's that's what I'm assuming because that's what he's done all season. As you just said, he, he the only game the only other game this year where he didn't hit a three is he didn't take a three. So he's hit a three in every game that he's attempted one, except for Texas Tech now. So I assume he's going to turn that around. And 
in this Texas Tech game specifically, Texas Tech, they're talking about the the middle, the no middle defense, right? Where they wanted to deny that area. And Kansas did a great job of exploiting that defense, which resulted in open looks from the perimeter. They just weren't falling. So I, I think this was more of a matchup situation against Tech specifically. And I'm not that concerned overall, big picture wise. Because I think Grady will be fine. I expect Jalen to be a clutch shooter. Dewan is all of a sudden shooting like over 42% from three now on actually now like a decent amount of volume because he started shooting more and he's hitting them. So if he's wide open and goes two of four from three in the tournament game, in the tournament game, that's fantastic. So I'm not that concerned, no. Okay. I'm a little bit concerned. They're down to 34% in Big 12-only games this season, which, weirdly enough, that is third in the conference. So I guess a lot of teams have had shooting struggles, and maybe that's more to just how good the Big 12 is. And defense. Yeah. Um, Overall, in the month of February, which gives you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, they shot 31% from three in February. There is a bit of me that is worried because, uh, you know, to have worry, you, you need to figure out why. What, what would be the root cause of this? If the root cause of them shooting 31% from three in February is, well, sometimes you're just going to have months where you don't shoot it as well and we're going to get a correction to the norm and they're going to, you know, shoot lights out in March or whatever, then obviously you're not worried. If this is just part of the doldrums or the ups and downs of a, of a season shooting the ball, which you very well could, and and I lean toward that being what it is, to be honest. But obviously, you know, for right. you're playing a little devil's advocate. Give me that stat of what they're shooting in February again. Thirty-one percent. Thirty-one percent. I think that's maybe a tiny bit misleading because remember, against Texas they scored almost ninety points and only made two threes. They were two of ten in that. Yeah, game. but also counterpoint against they hit Baylor, a billion of them against West Virginia. Against Baylor. They scored almost 90 points and were 6 of 21 from 3. I know, so they've but scored a lot of points in some games where they haven't shot the ball well from 3. I know. I, I'm not arguing that the the offense is defunct, but I mean, once yeah, you get no, to March, you're going to have to hit threes at some point. So, yes, yes. Um, I, I think that if you do want to have it worry you a little bit, here's, here's the argument that you would have. With the amount of minutes that the KU starters have played, with the amount of a load that they have been asked to do for this offense and for this team, is it possible that this late in the season... Shooting fatigue? Yeah, shooting fatigue and, and players are getting... You know, you have a little heavier legs, you're a little more tired, and that affects your shooting. Well, remember, we, had, that's this, we had this discussion back in January of like, oh, what are the pros and cons of playing in the toughest league in the country? Like, the pro is like... You get a lot of experience in tight games, in games where, you know, pressure moments, late in the game, last two minutes, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to have some possessions where it's like, okay, on this possession, we have to score. Or on this possession, we have to get a stop. And that's one of the pros, but also one of the cons is, yeah, that mental, physical wear down, basically, of having to play, you know, a top 30 team, basically, night in and night out. And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, it's probably not going to be the reason why a team, in the, like not even, I'm not even talking about Kansas. I'm just saying any Big 12 team. You could name, you could look at any Big 12 team. You know, is, is it going to be the reason why a Big 12 team like Iowa State or Baylor or Texas loses in the first or second round of the tournament? Probably not. But it could be a reason or it could be a contributing factor. But it's like, that's something that's hard to 
conceptualize and are hard to put down and, and look at and say specifically, all right, yeah, here's how we can actually track that. Yeah. No, you're but right. It is something to, again, I guess, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to say. It's like it's something to keep an eye on, I guess, but yeah. like, how do you really gauge it? I don't know. Well, and I guess, I don't know. We'll, we'll that, talk. But again, I think that applies to every Big 12 team, not just Kansas. No, that's fine. We'll, we'll talk more about this tomorrow based on what happens tonight, but I'll just say this. If Texas loses to TCU tonight, I think I'm leaning on the side of rest your guys on Saturday, even though I know <laughs> that it will never actually happen. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for tomorrow in, in case anything happens. Uh, biggest positive, honestly, from dude. the game, besides just winning and winning the Big 12, dude, Dewan Harris looked 100% DeJuan's fine. the best player on the team. Yeah, that too. Like, by far. He's, like, he's, he's so even, important to the team. Yeah. He's the best player. This dude's insane. Yeah, incredible performance, incredible performance from Dewan. And clearly, whatever happened to his ankle, he rolled it or whatever. He's fine. <laughs> he's, he's fine. So that's, yeah, no, big positive. I mean, he played 38 minutes. Yes. We had questions like, oh, yes. how much is he going to play? Is he going to be out? Nope, 38 minutes. Yeah. He's in. Yeah, he's he's totally fine. And yeah, super and aggressive. The fantastic. the little, like, stutter step, Euro step, whatever layups that, that he awesome. took, that those were awesome. awesome. He, he hit, hit a couple more threes. threes. Mm-hmm. Yep, he hit more threes. Yeah, he he was fantastic. He was he was incredible. I mean, amazing. Yeah, he was really good. Um, and then Kevin McCuller obviously was fantastic, too. He makes the play of the game to pretty much win the game on that loose ball. Made some had some great defense. Ended up with fourteen points and nine rebounds. Like, just uh, continuing to be a, a do it all guy. That's just really really good at a lot of different things. I thought it was cool that the the two seniors came up with huge plays at the end for things they weren't known for. With yeah. Kevin, it's scoring the late bucket. I know it wasn't like a you know hitting a fadeaway jumper, a three pointer, <laughs> or something. With Jalen, it was that block toward the end of the game. They both came up with big plays. They both had yeah, big and games. McCoy had a big block too. Yeah, I think they combined what thirty five points. They would have yep, had like 13, points. 14 rebounds, uh, making some big defensive plays. They were both really good for you on a night that yeah, Grady Dick struggled and you really didn't get any bench contributions once again. They kind of carried K- you to the finish line. KJ Adams had a, a really strong game, but not from a scoring standpoint. Only finished with seven points, but he was. Really effective, right? So, yeah, I mean, listen, that's this is going to be the case when you're if you're Kansas and you need scoring, you're looking at Jalen Wilson, you're looking at Kevin McCuller, and those both those guys came through without question. Yeah, and that's what you expect from your seniors on senior nights. You keep that that crazy uh, senior streak kind of going too. If you're Kansas, um, worry level about the bench now that it's back to back games. We didn't really get much. I'm not. I'm not that worried. I mean, I'm a little worried, I guess. Like, on a scale of one to worried, I'm a little worried. <laughs> Does that make sense? Okay. Well, let's I, see. What do they do? Let's see. Joe played nine minutes, had three points, and two fouls, and didn't do anything else. <laughs> Ernest played six minutes, six and a half minutes, two points, one assist, two fouls. And one I'm point. not really concerned about Ernest. I think Ernest has still been like good and fine. He kept alive the streak where he just never misses in Big 12 play. True. Yeah. That one he actually had to do a layup. Instead yeah, of a dunk. He actually had to hit a layup. Right? Yeah, it was offensive rebound and he laid it up. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very worried about the bench guards. Ernest Uday, Big Twelve player of the year, hundred percent from the floor. <laughs> how do you how do you defu- how do you refute that? How do you refute hundred percent from the floor? I mean, if you put him on pace to take eight hundred shots, he would make all of them. <laughs> He's the greatest player of all time. You thought Doke was cool. I'm not I mean Welcome to Ernest. I'm not that worried. I mean, Joe. Joe is going to need to hit some threes, I think, in the tournament at some point. But that's what he's—that's what his role is. So, I don't know. Yeah, this is fifteen of fifteen. 
in Big 12 play now. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I am worried about the bench, but we know that's not what this team's calling is right. going to be, so, so whatever. Are we, are, you, are we assuming that this is the lineup for the NCAA tournament? You're starting five plus Joe, Ernest, and Bobby. That's yeah, it. I think so. Else. I mean, we've no gotten Zach, to that point. It's no probably a little too late. The only thing that could change that is that, hypothetically, in my world where KU rests some players against Texas and, like, all of a sudden they're, you know what, Kevin, we're going to rest you. You've been playing through that ankle. And, you know, Dewan, we're going to rest you. And they're like, MJ Rice, you're going to play 25 minutes tonight. Let's see what you got. And he, like, goes off. And they're like, okay, maybe you should be part of the rotation in the Big 12 tournament. And he plays well. And then, boom, you have another Remy Martin situation. But that is such an unlikely – there's so many unlikely parts of that that are not going to happen. So, yes, that is going to be the eight-man rotation. I think, realistically, Ernest will always be off the bench. I think in a tight game. No, actually, I think it'll be all three of those guys because I think uh, Joe and Bobby are different enough, but same enough that <laughs> they'll both get in like are, every yeah, game. It's, it's, it's it yeah. is interesting with them. Like they like are kind of the same, but like not quite. <laughs> no, no, because like Bobby's not really a three point shooter, but then Joe's not really like a. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to. It's hard to. Quantify. Yeah. No, it's it's that quote from Office Space. What exactly do you do here? So I don't know. Who are you? Uh, but yeah, KU's Big Twelve champs celebrate. That is seventeen. Seventeen out of twenty seasons that Bill Self is coaching. That was important because they lost yep. the home game to TCU. So you had to equalize that stat of Bill Self has <laughs> oh, as many conference yeah, titles at, at KU that he has home losses, and uh, that's just an, a, a remarkable run, especially with as good as as the Big Twelve has been. And for this year specifically, with as good as the league has been, to be in this position, to win the league, to get at least a share and have a chance. The best of the best in the toughest league in basketball, not just in 2023, but maybe ever. Yeah. Maybe ever. Very impressive stuff. Very, very impressive stuff. Especially after yeah. they were 6-4 and four and they lost over 70% of their scoring from a season ago. That sucks, haters. Bill Self, Big 12 Coach of the Year. I don't know if he's going to win it. It's probably going to be like Jerome Tang or something. Bill Self deserves it. I don't care. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Rock Chalk Pick a Hawk. Next. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We uh, we'll get to some Bill Self post game audio, some Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller post game audio from the uh, little table in the Allen Fieldhouse media room in a little. We got the senior day speeches coming up in the five o'clock hour. So, Rock Chuck pick a hawk from last night. This was a rough one. Yeah, it was for you. 124 to 67. Well, Fardaz Amac just got 9 billion rebounds. <laughs> he had 18 like, rebounds. How am I supposed to stop that? How am I, what am I supposed to do with that? Oh, man. That, yeah, that was a great pick for me. He actually ended up with more points than anyone on either team. He had 41 <laughs> of them. But even if, well, I'm trying to yeah. think. If I would have, if you would have drafted Fardaz and I drafted Kevin O'Banner, I think I would have, I think I would have won. You would have ended up with 26 more points. You'd be at 93, and I would have had 26 less. No, so I still would have beat you. Oh. Take that. I'm not just yeah, a one-man I mean, band. I, I mean, I had Grady, and obviously we that didn't Grady. Help. He did have more well pickhawk points than you would have thought. He had 21. Yeah, no, yeah. He had, the, he had the rebounds and the assists and the steal as well. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, but but still, uh, that was my first pick, and he didn't perform the way I needed him to for pickhawk purposes. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, and then, so I had Jalen who had like a, a good game. Uh, he started a little slow. I think he missed his first like four or five shots. Yeah. Yeah. He really didn't come alive until the second half. Because in the second half, KU's offense just turned into Jalen go drive and get fouled. Yes. And that was basically 
KU's offense for like 10 minutes in the second yeah, they half. They posted him up a good amount of time in the second half, too. Uh, KJ got me 26, which it wasn't a, a big offensive game for KJ, as I kind of thought it wasn't going to be, but it was a good rebounding game for him. He had like seven or eight of them. Yeah, yeah. Kevin McCuller got you 28. Dewan got me 26. Yeah, this was another case uh, of Pickahawk where the person who got the three KU starters won, which yeah. I, I don't know if we could go back and like check all that, which we I know we don't really keep track of that stuff, but... I think you. I think we would see that whoever drafts the three starters over the two starters probably won most of the time. Yeah, and, and it's kind of been dependent on because, like, if you don't get the if you if you're stuck with two starters, then you have to really really hit a home run with your Big Twelve other player. Yes, basically, and also you gotta hope it's like a a big game for Ernest or somebody off yeah, the bench. Exactly, which, which Ernest had was four, and again. Joe had negative one, and Bobby had negative yeah. one. So, I mean, back-to-back games, those guys have had negative, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm being dead serious on Saturday. Well, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I, I might just take, like, all walk-ons and just be like, <laughs> I'll just take the zeros. That's tough. I mean, it, we could well, – listen, we've shortened it. You, we could just yeah. reduce the number of players again. Yeah, we could do that. Just make it five and five instead of six and six. That's fine. I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's very hard to do because because once because if we just agreed last segment that it, the rotation is down to eight players, and then if we each pick one player from the other team, that's ten, right? So we're ba- so we should just we should just reduce it to ten anyways. Well, we could pick one player from another game that's going on that night. It doesn't the, involve Kansas and the whoever they're playing. No, I just I was just joking. I thought that was going to oh. make you mad. No, I'm I'm not opposed. No. to that. well, why didn't that make me mad? Uh, last time I proposed having... That's because your last proposal was stupid. <laughs> my last proposal was we have two <laughs> players from the opposing team, and you said it's Rock Chalk, pick a Hawk. Yeah, no, that's stupid. But this picking a random player from another game that's going on that night is not? Yeah, How is that fine. any different? Because you're not picking a player against the team that KU's playing. But it makes more sense because we're, we're revolving no. it around that game. No, but it's we're picking Hawks from that game. So it's dumb to have multiple players from the other mm-hmm. team on your team. Okay. But, yeah, if you want I mean, to we throw could, in one from the re- other night, I'm fine with that. We could also go back to the uh, original Brian Haney scoring of this, which I'd have to ask him for what it was. I just remember it had something to do with you lose a point for every minute they play. Really? So it actually almost helped you to take bench players. Wow. That would be really tough. Yeah. I think in, the, in that one it was a point for every point, two for assists and rebounds, three for steals and blocks, and then you just lose a point for every minute. And, and not the other stuff that you added? No. Okay. I think that was the original rules when Brian Haney invented this on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. So we could do that. We could try that. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we... Why don't we... Because, uh, okay, I'm, here's, here's what I think we should do. Yeah. Keep everything the same for the Texas game on Saturday. I agree. Whatever Experiment rules, with the Big 12 exactly, tournament. Exactly. Whatever yeah. rules you want to implement or whatever, we can we can try them at the, at the Big 12 tournament. Perfect. It'll be the perfect exhibition. And then we'll yeah. have, hopefully... And the, Yeah, so we'll count the Big 12 tournament as like... An exhibition, and then we'll, and then the we'll NCAA count tournament. the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I like it. All right. Yeah. Mark that down. Okay. We're going to take a time out. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. We have some Bill Self, Kevin McCuller, Jalen Wilson post game from after the game. We'll share that with you on the other side. This is our... <laughs> Four o'clock hour, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. 
Happy March to everyone. If you're looking for your perfect destination for your next social or corporate gathering, Venue 1235, a large climate-controlled event space with a catering kitchen, private suite, and a covered patio, has you covered. They are located uh, five minutes from downtown Lawrence. And right off I-70, you can check out some of their upcoming events or book an event for yourself. How about this real quick before we get into this little segment? What's that? Senior Iowa State guard Caleb Grill. Okay. Your guy. Well, I mean, we just went to the same high school. Yeah, your guy. guy. Not really my guy. He is your guy. Is no longer with the team. Really? Due to failing to meet program standards. Wow. Interesting. I mean, he's interesting. He's a very good shooter on a team that needs shooting. Yeah, he's like their second best three point shooter, right? I think he's their. Well, it just depends. Like Gabe Kausher, Kausher, their best, or I guess by volume. I don't know by. Yeah, I I think by percentage it might be Grill, but like Kausher takes the tougher ones. I feel like I don't. I don't know. Either way, he's you know. Iowa State seems to be falling apart, man. Yes, down the stretch. Really it's are. very opposite of last year where, like, not to say they were hot down the stretch. They, they were well, just okay. mad Didn't down the they stretch. they start hot and then they, like, started to fall apart, but then they caught themselves, basically, and recovered and then made a, made a deep run? Yeah, so they, they went undefeated last year in non-con play, which was like a, I don't know, it was a, it was a cool little story across college basketball of a team that won zero Big 12 games the year before to go undefeated in in uh non-con play and then they entered into big 12 and because the conference was so good you start to struggle because of it and they dropped to three and nine in conference play but yeah they, they finished they won four of their last six but then they did lose in the first round by 31 points to, to texas tech in the big 12 <laughs> tournament but still like they it didn't feel like they were falling apart down the stretch again they, they like went this. four and three down the stretch yeah not this, this is year like, this is like falling apart Yes. Like they've I mean, lost like five or six games in a row. One of your key players off the team. Um, they have lost four games in a row, and they have lost six of seven. They have also lost, they were six and two at one point in Big 12 play. They were six and two, and now they're five games out of first. Well, remember, we had this conversation back, two at, and seven. back when K-State and Iowa State were really, really hot, and people were like, oh, K-State and Iowa State could win the Big 12. And I was like, no, they're going to probably you know, regress to the mean a little to bit. To be fair, even you for thought those schools, this team would be K-State, though, more than we did Iowa State. What do you mean? Like, we thought, if, if you I were to tell K-State me... would fall off more. Yes, 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 that's what I mean. Yes. No, I, yeah. w- I would have expected this more what from I was, K-State. What the, point was, the point was, like, even if Iowa State or K-State ended up finishing with eight or nine or wins in conference, which I think that's what Iowa State's going to finish with, uh, that's still like about what people thought they were going to be, right? Like they got off to a hot start, but then they kind of ended up. But or like in the case of K State, K State obviously, even if they would have won nine games or eight games in conference, that would have been much better than people even thought in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I really want to know the reasoning behind. Like what? What are the? Here's the statement from TJ. Also, I don't know. I'm not even going to read this, actually, because it, it doesn't give anything. To, okay. I, I want to know what those reasons of standard are. Well, because like we find out eventually, I would think. Maybe. I, uh, probably, because there is a part of me that wonders. And I don't know if he has another year of school with the COVID. Uh, we've talked a lot about how next year could be a problem for Kansas shooting the ball. Do you kick the tires on Caleb Grill? I don't know. Probably not, oh, based on like the fact a, that he's being basically transfer? kicked off Iowa State. Like, that doesn't bode well, but... Kansas yeah. is going to need shooting. 
So if anybody can figure it out, maybe it's Bill Self. I don't know. That's a, that's a problem for another day, problem down the road. Okay. All right, let's uh, – it is March. It is March 1st, the month that March Madness starts in, but does not finish, you know? A lot of people yeah, should, think – Should they change it to where it does? Or does, um, that matter? does that matter, you think? It doesn't matter to me. Do you Even remember the one like, year – You know, March Madness, this is March, but then, oh, the championship game's in April. Yeah, I don't mind it. I, I think it is kind of a nice break, honestly, that the Final Four is just in April because the madness portion of it is the first and second round. Exactly. Once you get to like the Final Four, the madness part's kind of done. Exactly. Generally speaking. No, that's that's a fair argument, actually. Do you remember the Jim Nance? I don't know. You you would have been. I, I was really young. I don't remember this either. I I just saw it in the aftermath. Um, okay. But it was the 2005 Final Four national title. North Carolina won it with Roy Williams, and their their stud player was Sean May. Okay, and uh, Jim Nance's final, I don't know, whatever his emphatic Call comment, of the, whatever of the win. It began in March, ended in April, and it belongs to May. That works. That I like that. That's pretty good. But unfortunately, good. not every, not every. Uh, Do you think he would have used that? Player you think he would have used that again May. if Luke May would have won? With North Carolina, well, they did win with Luke May. I thought oh, they did. Wait, did, did they? they? Was but was he like a was he like a contributing <laughs> player? Yeah, they did win with Luke. Wait, yeah, yeah, they Are did sure? win with Luke May. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did. Yeah, because uh, the year that the KU lost to Oregon in the Elite Eight was the year they beat. Was it Gonzaga in the title game? Yeah, they beat Gonzaga because Luke but, May hit the game-winning shot in the Elite Eight over Kentucky to move him to the Final Four. So he okay. could have done it again, but like, you know. Okay. That would have been funny if he just repeated the same call with North Carolina <laughs> winning the title. That would have been funny, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we are going to draft Marchisms. Terms that you hear a lot in March Madness during March with the NCAA tournament and this time of year, not just the NCAA, but you know, conference tournament as we're getting closer to the NCAA tournament. Those sorts of things. Okay. Um We'll just we'll go back and forth. No need to serpentine this again. This is just for fun. Okay. I will again let you have the first pick. What would you like? Mm, I think I just have to go with this is March number one overall, right? Isn't that, that is a good most, one? Isn't that like the number one you would say? It's very definitive. We are in March. We know what this it is. Is there's, March? There's no beating around the bush. This is March. I, I think Straight it'd be to the point to use that simple. term in like just everyday day to day stuff. You know? No, I agree. Like I just did my laundry. This is March. No, oh, yeah, no, actually, it'd be it like. Is. No, it, it, I mean, think about it. Imagine, like, you know, there's a big upset in college football. Mm-hmm. You just say, this is March. Because <laughs> that's, that's the same idea. Well, yeah, yeah, no. It, it, the college football one would be like, this is September. <laughs> it just doesn't doesn't ring the same no, way, yeah. right? It has to be a one-syllable month. Yeah. So it has to be like, this is March. Or like, this is May maybe works, but not really. It doesn't hit the same. No, it doesn't. Okay, so this is March is taken. That's a good one. There's a lot of good ones on the board There here. are some good ones. I am going to go with survive in advance. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, survive in advance. Everybody says it. It's yeah. the cliche thing exactly. to say. Like the, uh, two, the two seed wins by four. Survive in advance. Yeah. And yeah. I will say a lot of times cliches are said because it's true. Like that that really is how this works. But sometimes it does get overkill. Um, survive in advance is the ultimate NCAA tournament term. Yes. Okay. Uh, I will go with. I don't know if this these are kind of similar. The big dance slash going dancing. Do yeah. You want to count yeah. those as the same we one? We can put that all the same. Okay. Just so the dance. big dance slash that team is, team A is going dancing. 
Uh, that's a good what, one. What else do we call the big dance? Nothing. I don't think. No. Can is there like another like type of event that we could call it? The, you know. Oh, like the big birthday party. Wait, what? They're not, eating cake. I'm not following. What we just mean? need to, instead of like a dance. Like what? What other event like could we this, make a metaphor like, with? Like the Super Bowl, or like the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Okay, but not the NCAA tournament. Like I'm, I'm just saying that the big dance, it's been used too much. We need a different event for people to call it in like leisure terms. Like March Madness? Yes. <laughs> Do you not understand what I'm saying? I, I'm, I was a bit confused. Well, when you just started saying call big it, birthday party, I, I, yeah, that really I threw me off. That I'm really saying threw like me off. we need a different so you're event. You're saying we need to call you know? the March Madness the big birthday party? Well, no, we just pick a different event than a dance. The big the big pool party. Sure, sure. The big uh, the big ring around the rosy. <laughs> uh, the these big, aren't working uh, as well. <laughs> Maybe this is why it's so popular. It just works. Okay, I'm going to take. You know, this is this is this is one of my favorite ones. Okay. The soft bubble. Okay. Every single year, the I'm bubble has never been softer. What does that even mean? Like you it can, means a team that that's the teams, on the outside could get in. No, it means that the teams on the bubble are not that good this year. You uh, know why? Because every year they are bubble teams. Well, okay, it's Again, so stupid. It's so stupid. The the existence of a soft bubble implies that there is a hard bubble. It implies the existence, but there never is. There has never been a. What year. would a hard bubble be? It would be a year that like the team who is an eleven seed is like twenty and eight, oh. and they're a really good team, and you're like, man, they could win the title. As or, a bubble team? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Every single year, dude. Every single year. People are talking about the tournament are like, you know, well, it's a soft bubble this year, so uh, it's, you know, maybe you'll get like a 17 and 14 team in there. Every year is a soft bubble because the teams who are on the bubble are just always in that nature. bad. Exactly. So, like, yeah, it, no, it's yeah, the dumbest sense. term ever, but I'm going with it. <laughs> okay. All right. I right. Let's see here. We have March Madness down as an option, but I think it's kind of cheating <laughs> to pick that one. I think it's kind of cheating just to pick okay. that. Uh, I'm going to go with mm, cutting the nets down. Cutting the nets yep. down. That's something you only do in March. Something you only do in college basketball. Cut the nets down. Yeah, that's a good one. And like you said, it's very exclusive. You know, yep. it doesn't happen yep. in other sports. You don't cut the nets down in anything else. That would be funny if they did it in soccer and it, they had to cut the entire thing down <laughs> and it took them like three hours <laughs> to take down the whole goal. Uh, okay. That would be kind of funny, actually. What other what other even if, or like in Has baseball nets, you lacrosse. cut down you cut down the protective nets after the game. <laughs> That'd be great. Like they have the like big wins shears the series, to go through it, and you just go. Whoosh, 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 cut I like that. Okay, I'm gonna do. Uh, this is TikTok. I know, I know. There's just so many good ones that it's tough to to figure out which one to do. I am gonna go with Cinderella. That's, that's just a, a good classic. One. Yeah, Every good year one. has to have a Cinderella and. Even if there's not a Cinderella, we'll manufacture it that there is one. Yeah. You know, if, they, if, it, if it's all if it's chalk. Like a, if it's like a five seed. Yeah, if it's all chalk like, and there's one five seed, it's like, <laughs> well, they are kind of a Cinderella, you know? Yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah, Cinderella. All right. I'm going to go with punched their ticket. That's a good one. Dude, how many times do you watch a small conference tournament that nobody cares about, like the Ohio Valley, the ASUN? You're watching the conference championship game. I care the about team, the Ohio Valley. It's going to be the, on KLWN on Saturday. The team, so whoever wins the championship, and the announcer goes, they punch their ticket. 
<laughs> to you, the to the big dance. You basically have a monopoly. See, and also, if we're if we're drafting for continuity, punch ticket and yep. big dance, those go together. I was just gonna say you basically have a monopoly on what is said when a team yes goes yes. to the tournament. So Charlotte has punched their ticket. Punch their ticket. Um, okay, I am gonna do South Northeast Dakota State has punched their ticket. Let's do uh, two game tournaments. Two game tournaments is what we're gonna do. You'll hear a lot of coaches. Bill Self loves this one too. Okay, but you'll hear a lot of other coaches, not just Bill Self and analysts, talking about how each weekend is a two game tournament. Just focus on the two games in front of you, win through, and then you got another two game tournament the next week. <laughs> you will hear that that buzz phrase a lot during the course of the NCAA tournament. Two game tournaments. All right, I am going to go with. Uh, everyone is zero and zero. Everyone's zero and zero. <laughs> How many times do you hear coaches say that? Like, oh, it's a brand new season. Everybody's zero and zero. Everybody. That's just any playoff, zero and zero. any postseason ever. Yeah, this one. Th- yeah, know. that's true. This one's not as synonymous with March, but I still think it's. I still think it absolutely applies mm-hmm. to March Madness. All right, I'm gonna let's let's do what six p- picks each. So you're at five. Uh, five. This will be my fifth, and then we'll each do one more after that. Part of me wants to take bracket of death. The, the region yeah. of death, however you want to put it. I, yeah, I almost think death, that yeah. almost goes more for the World Cup, though, so I'm not going to take yeah. that. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's usually said as much in the NCAA. Yeah. Now, I, I kind of want to take this one just for the gigs, but uh, you have time for a quick two, or you yeah. don't need a three don't here. A three. Yeah. That's a classic one, but also that one happens throughout the season. It just yeah, happens more during the NCAA tournament, yeah, so true. I'm not going to take that one. Um... Onions is also a good one with Bill Raftery, but again, Onions. that could happen throughout the season. Let's go with guard play wins in March. Yeah, I feel like this is a newer one. I don't feel like this is something that really. I remember this one lot. happening like all my childhood. Really? Yeah. Hmm. All right, oh, last, my more. last pick. Yep. All right, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with defense travels. Okay. Defense travels. How many times you're watching a tournament game and you got a team that's like. 250 in offensive efficiency, but they're like 20 in defense. And the commentators are like, oh, yeah, defense travels, defense travels. You know, they, they you can play defense on any court. It don't matter. Defense travels. Defense travels. Yeah, you hear that a lot, too, when, when people are, like, when college basketball talking heads and analysts are picking their bracket publicly yes. on TV. Yes, exactly. And they'll be the, like, well, yeah. this is kind of a close matchup, but defense, defense travels. travels yeah. So this team, you know, this team is a better defense. Yeah. Okay. So I have, I have three good candidates here for my last pick. Okay. Bracket Buster is a good oh, one. That's a, that's a really good quality. What is the difference between pick. Bracket Buster and Cinderella though? I think a, a bracket buster is a team that's not going to advance past the round of thirty-two. So there, yeah. So okay. a bracket buster is like a fourteen seed that wins, but they're really bad, and then they lose by thirty the next yes, round, exactly. where they take out your your trendy three seed that exactly. you thought or, was going to go exactly. to the final or, four. Or, or, okay. what, what defines like a bracket that. buster also is like, yeah, they take out a team that everyone or a lot of people thought was going to make a deep run, whereas like a Cinderella can just be uh, like a 10 or 11 seed that like you know just went through and made a deep run so the bracket buster is more about taking out a team that everyone thought was going to make it or just they're just a bad team that won one game and then they're gonna lose okay i like that one there's also the wide open field we hear that a lot most yeah. years not every year it's though, a wide open but field. you know we yeah. heard that this year a lot and then uh it's all about the matchups that's the one i'm gonna take you will hear that a ton during the ncaa tournament you know it's all about your draw it's all about the matchups it's all about based on who you're playing uh, the mat, you know, 
Styles determine fight or whatever they're saying. Yeah, I think styles determine fights, right? Yeah. You're going to hear a lot of different ways of this being put, but it's all about the matchups. That's the one to go to. But I, I really did want to take Bracket Buster there, but I just I think Bracket it. Buster is a... Did you not take it? No. Uh, Do you want to do one more? One quick one. You want no, Bracket Buster? Bracket Buster, yeah. Right, I think Bracket, Bracket Buster. Buster in the seventh round is like maybe the best pick of the draft. All right. I'll go wide open field for my last one. Boom. Okay. That is our draft of Marchisms. Let us know what we missed at RCST1320 on Twitter. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Andy uh, Stewart of the KU Rugby Club, who is the head coach of the rugby club, going to talk to us about some of their upcoming events. That'll be brought to you by Johnny's Tavern in North Lawrence. We'll be back after this timeout. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Derek Johnson with Nick Springer and now we're joined as we start up again our KU Club interviews brought to you by Johnny's Tavern in North Lawrence where you can go feel like you're part of the neighborhood. Tell Rick we said hi. Go get some of their, you know, you can just sit down and have a beer and have fun and talk to a few people or you can get some of their amazing food. I I always die for the the Wilson wings, just the Wilson sauce. I've I've started to just smother everything I eat in that. So uh, go check that out at uh, Johnny's Tavern in North Lawrence. Joined now by Andy Stewart, who has been one of our favorite guests to have on here from the KU Rugby Club, uh, the head coach for the rugby club. And uh, we're getting ready for the second half of the season here. I I don't know. Have you guys already started the the second half here? I I know, obviously, the first half, you guys play a lot of your conference games. And the second half is when things continue to kind of buckle down. Uh, What's kind of the schedule for everything going on right now for for the rugby side of things? Yeah, g'day, Derek. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, so we have started up again already. We've already had our first match of the season. We started training uh, in early January indoors at, at Rock Chalk Park and and we've just started to train outdoors as the weather's allowed. Um, but we had our first away game last weekend against uh, Springfield, um, which is a men's club, D3 men's club, very big physical side. It was a tough match. We only went down by one point, um, which was which was a really good result for us as we're trying new combinations as we head into, uh, head into the new uh, competition uh, the second semester of this year. So you said you were training indoors at Rock Chalk Park. Does that mean you were over at, at like the basketball stadium, or, or where were you training? Do they have like an indoor grass facility? Yeah, they've got a turf facility okay. in there, which is really good, but it's it's kind of not quite as wide as a rugby field, so it makes training for the game a little bit difficult. But we can work on some core skills at least, and then uh, we try to get outside as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, what is what is typically like too cold for rugby weather? Oh, it's um, usually if it's sort of below 15, <laughs> we'd, we'd reconsider. <laughs> the, the the issue too is, of course, is the ground uh, is frozen, was frozen at the start of the year. So that's pretty hard on the body as well. Um, plus, we because they're our own fields, we don't want to destroy them. Um, so we just let let them warm up a little, get the grass growing, and then the boys can have a run around on them. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you played Springfield. Uh, that one more of what like an exhibition game type of thing to to get back in the swing that that doesn't count to official competition correct no this semester um we're actually doing a split schedule so we do a we we run in 15s and in 7s competitions this semester um because we went down against Minnesota um in the heart of America playoffs at the end of last year um we've decided that this year we will put a 7s competitive side together so we're doing that 
but we're also continuing to play 15s and play really tough men's clubs to try to get the guys ready for next semester when we'll get back into the Heart of America competition. Yeah, so as, as far as that goes, that was in the first semester. Um, so so what are we looking ahead to in, in this second semester for, for everything and uh, what is some of the upcoming events and schedules that people can kind of go out to? Yeah, so we've got um, we've got a really full schedule, which is awesome. Um, this weekend, we're at home against Wichita at 1.30. We've got some high school games being played out there before that as well, which is really exciting for the club. Uh, then in, on the 11th of March, we're playing against Kansas City Rugby Football Club away. Again, they're a good men's uh, team. Then we have our spring break. And then on the 25th of March, we've, we've got the Kansas City um, Sevens competition, which is a collegiate competition for Sevens, which is basically a warm-up. Uh, trial for our Heart of America competition and that's being held on the 22nd of April um, in Columbia, Missouri. We have some other 15s games coming up, not away, uh, then KSU and MU and they're all at home through April so it's a really exciting time and then 29th of April we're away to Iowa. So we're, we're playing footy every weekend and, and I love this hybrid um, sevens, fifteens comp that we've got going. And the, the the men's clubs that we're playing again, that's that's more for our guys just to get more experience and preparation uh, for playing those collegiate teams later in the year. So um, it's a really good opportunity for us to build our squad. We were off air before you came on, kind of talking about sevens. I, I didn't realize you guys added it till you, you said that a couple of questions ago. But uh, why don't you walk through for the listeners, like what what is the biggest difference? Because they might not know. Oh, there's two different types of rugby. There's sevens, and it is a very different sport from the original. So uh, kind of walk through the the listener. What is the biggest difference between sevens rugby? Well, sevens rugby, you only have seven players on each team, so 14 players total. So it opens up the field a lot. So there's a lot of running rugby involved. Uh, Not a lot of kicking in that game. You want to keep possession. The game is only seven minutes a half, but you are running the whole time. So the contact is not as hard and as physical the guys tend to be a lot more athletic and lighter on their feet. But it's a real spectacle to watch because they throw the ball around and, and run wide. So um, it's, a, it's a really exciting brand of football of, of rugby. But it, it, it was basically created originally as a pre-season fitness game. But now it's really taken off and it's, and it's really uh, – it, it's got a great following here in the U.S. at the moment. And it's also an Olympic sport as well. Yeah, and, and so for, for the players that are part of the club – are they double dipping? Are, are there certain players who are doing both sevens and the original, or are they kind of? Do you have to segment them out so that they don't overdo it? How, how does that work from a, a roster construction? Yeah, we we actually want the guys to be playing rugby every weekend. So if we have, um, and there are guys that we've slated to play sevens uh, specifically, but I want them playing fifteens in their off off weekends as well. I'm, I'm a firm believer that your body has to be conditioned um, to contact. And that's important that they play rugby all through the season. So, so our guys will only split off to play sevens when they have those two uh, competitive weekends. Does that make it difficult at all in, in practice where you only have a limited time where, you know, there are certain times where, hey, you guys got to do something different for sevens? Like, like, how do you kind of approach that from a practice method? Yeah, there's a lot of crossover skills. So we can actually get all the guys doing some seven skills uh, together and then we'll break some of the, the, the bigger guys off to then work with them on specific core skills. So we've got a really good coaching staff at the moment, which allows us a little bit of flexibility like that. And we've got we've actually brought a, a new uh, coach into the program this year who's focused specifically on sevens. He's a really good sevens player. 
Um, so he, Seth, he's 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 really working specifically on that. So we are able to manage it. I think we're doing. Yeah, you know, I was a bit concerned about it at the start of the season, but I think it's worked really well. And I think some of those seven skills to get those across the guys that are playing more fifteens is good because it just improves their accuracy of pass and things like that. So. Well, now that we're in the second semester from the first, um, are there any new players? Any new additions? Or have you seen any any players really kind of grow from the first semester here to the second semester with the extra time? Yeah, we do have some new players coming through, which is really exciting. In fact, we had a first season ever player play for us this weekend, and he actually got our red rope, which is our man of the match, basically. Um, he had an outstanding game. So, and, and being a first-time rugby player, you know, it was exceptional. So we always have new guys turning up, which is awesome. And everyone's welcome to come out. We will get everyone rugby uh, playing time this year. Um, that's our commitment to anyone that wants to come out and play footy. So, yeah. Well, you, you said you have the, the red ropes. I, I got to hear this story. <laughs> what is the, the red rope? Why is this the, the basically go to the man of the match? Yeah, it's, uh, it's something we introduced uh, maybe three or four years ago which it's basically signifies the point where you turn on. Um, it's a bit like stepping out of a change room or, um, you know, out of your locker room. It's about like, once you cross that red rope, you're dialed in, you're ready to go. And then afterwards, after the match, you can step back over it and switch off. And it kind of just uh, signifies a mental trigger for these guys that, that uh, you know, when it's time to really get going. And we... We give it to the man of the match, and he's responsible to make sure that it's ready at every training session and every game. Uh, and there's some pretty interesting punishments if they neglect that <laughs> <laughs> duty. So, um, yeah, that's what it's all about. Well, you, you told me beforehand off air, and I don't know if this is public, so I can you know work this out if, if it's not. But um, you told me you're going to be taking a new job, and, and you're going to be moving with you and your wife over to Switzerland mm -hmm. at the end of kind of the school year-ish area. Um, so this would be your last year. Uh, I, I don't know if that's bittersweet for you at all, going through the motions here. Like, uh, Do you start to realize as the season goes on, like, man, I only have, whatever, four more months, three more months. Is, is, is it getting a little sad but, but happy in, in kind of a weird way? Yeah, I mean, every week there tends to be a milestone that I think, well, I won't be able, be doing that again. Um, and yeah, it is bittersweet. We've absolutely loved living in Lawrence here for the last seven years. And um, yes, yeah, some, some new opportunities overseas have come up, so we've decided to take those. Uh, what's really paramount to me, though, was, was making sure that the rugby club was in a good place when I left. And that's why... Um, we didn't take off before the end of the semester. I wanted to see this semester out and the commitment out um, this year. Uh, and definitely, like, you know, it's tomorrow night is our last ever, my last ever training at Rock Chalk Park with these guys. You know, it's just every week there seems to be something new. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss the boys. I'm going to miss the club. I'm going to miss Lawrence. I'm going to miss KU. But, you know, this club is in a really good position now to go forward and and we'll make sure that that every base is covered when i go yeah and i want to make sure we have you on one more time before you, you do officially go here so maybe in a month or two we can have uh, kind of one last hurrah or something but um you know i do you have like a a favorite memory do you have a favorite whether it was a past game or just a moment in training something that really sticks out to you that that is the first thing you think about when you think about your time coaching the ku rugby club there are so there's so many things, um, and and it you know it'd be it'd be easy just to go well when we went down to the play in Arlington in the national championship you know that's an easy one to say, 
But I think, to, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, uh, a combination of all the things that, that we've done as a club. You know, I, I, I constantly say the most important thing we do as a, as a rugby club is look after our guys. You know, we've helped guys with financial issues, with mental health issues, with, with physical health issues. And when you see a young man that you've helped out of a hole – that is way more important than any any accolade, any badge, any award. So I think looking back at some of the guys that we've been able to help with their lives is is probably the best thing that I've seen. That's an awesome answer. Uh, so one last thing. Again, you went over that schedule for us. Could you, could you go over it again one more time? How can people show up? How can people support the program? All that stuff. Sure. Um, so this weekend, 4th of March, we're at home against Wichita, and you can find Westwick Rugby Complex in Google Maps. Then on the 11th of March, we're away uh, against Kansas City Rugby Football Club. We're off for spring break on the 18th of March. The 25th of March is the Kansas City Sevens competition, and that's at KCRFC. The 1st of April, we're at home against Not Away, and then the 8th of April against uh, K-State. The 15th of April, we're against Mizzou at home, and then the 22nd of April is the Heart of America Sevens competition in Columbia before we uh, head off to Iowa for an away trip to play them in 15s. Awesome. Well, Andy, appreciate it. I've always appreciated all these interviews. Like I said, would love to have you on maybe one more time before uh, you head out and everything. And, and good luck on the upcoming seven season. I'm going to try to make it out actually on Saturday for the game. So looking forward to it. Sounds perfect. Thanks, mate. All right, that is Andy Stewart, head coach of the KU Rugby Club. Again, go out and uh, support some of their upcoming ventures. It's a really, really fun time. Can't recommend it. Uh, more highly enough, and uh, you can even check out the Rugby Room at Johnny's Tavern in North Lawrence. You can go on out, feel like you're part of the neighborhood, grab a nice bite to eat. You can get some of their great buffalo chicken dip or one of their great burgers or the new Kalouche pizza. All of it's great with Johnny's, and you're going to feel like you're uh, a member of the family when you go on over there to the uh, North location in Lawrence. That is uh, our first KU Club interview of the, what, spring semester? I don't know. They call this the spring or whatever. Second semester of the KU season. I'm Derek Johnson with Nick Springer. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Five o'clock hour, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with, well, was with Nick Springer, now just Derek Johnson. Nick is uh, out getting ready for some high school basketball with Sam Speck. They're going to be on the call of the Lawrence High girls game. They're in the sub-state semifinals. Starts at 6 o'clock, pregame 5.50 over on 92.9 The Bowl and bowl929.com. We got KU women's basketball coming at you tonight, 6.30 with a 6.15 pregame for senior night for the women's team. Looking to punch their ticket to the big dance, possibly with a win tonight. Last night, KU takes down Texas Tech 67-63. Bit of an uglier game than you hoped for. I went down to the wire, maybe a little more than you might have hoped, but certainly the last two games, even though they were a lot closer than you would expect, um, even though that's not ideal for Kansas. You know, you also have two teams who are uh, basically fighting for their NCAA tournament lives, and you have the pressure of trying to secure the Big 12 title. It's your final home game, so you know you want to perform in the case of like Jalen Wilson and Kevin McCuller. Like, there was a lot of possible pressure there, and, and KU just missed a bunch of shots, but in the end, they come through with the victory. And how fitting was it that you had Kevin McCuller? who was celebrating senior night against his former team to win his first ever Big 12 championship. He he joined Texas Tech the year after they won a share of the Big 12 and went to the title game. So he had never won a Big 12, and he comes through with that big loose ball scramble in the bucket. And then you have Jalen Wilson, another senior, put up over 20 points, come through with the big block on uh, 
one of the next possessions for the KU defense. Very fitting for the seniors on senior night. We're going to share those speeches for you here in a second. Before we get into Kevin McCuller's speech, Bill Self, head coach for KU, spoke with the crowd on the mic, then introduced Kevin McCuller. Here's how it started from the floor at James Naismith Court in Allen Fieldhouse. You know, I, I don't know if you guys realized this during the game, but that wasn't our best game. Uh, that was painful at times to watch. Uh, we missed a lot of shots. I thought Tech played great. Of course, the second half, they, were, they put the pressure on us. But it's good to play in games under pressure. And the reason why there's so much pressure when you play games like that is because the players playing the game care so much. This past eight months, or I guess it's been ten and a half months, since we cut down nets in April, and, and obviously the role that uh, Juan and of course Jay Will had in us doing that, it's been a unique experience because we're all told so much how good we were doing. And the reality of it is, is these guys were able to turn the page. These guys were able to turn the page and put last year in the past and make a commitment that this team can be equally as good as a national championship caliber team. You know, we've been here We've been here 20 years, and I think we've won 17 of these. And and all of them have a special place. But to win it after losing 75% of your scoring, to win it in a league that Big Vital said is the best basketball league, not only the Big 12's had in 20 years, but America has seen in 20 years. To win it when we were six and four, losing three in a row, and have to run off seven straight to put ourselves in this position is very, very special. And you can't do it without leadership. And certainly we had unbelievable leadership all year long. We had six seniors, Cam Martin, Joseph Yesifu, obviously Michael Jankovic, and Dewan Harris. There's six guys, four guys besides Kevin and Jay Will that also graduated, but they anticipate coming back. So, and even though, even though we're having senior night tonight, I think it'd probably be cool with everybody if Jay Will and Kevin made that same damn decision after the season's over. <laughs> 13,000 people staying to listen to this at 10.25 at night on a weeknight is why this is the best place in America to play. And you need to hear from two unbelievable seniors. 
guy that came in, did everything we asked him to do. He was a perfect complement to what we try to do. We could not have recruited a guy better than what we did last year to come in and give us a chance to be really good. Give it up for your San Antonio native, Kevin McCall. Okay, so that was Bill Self introducing the team, uh, talking, you know, just the fans, getting people hyped up, whatever. And then we get into Kevin McCuller giving his senior day speech, which I thought was an excellent job by Kevin. It wasn't overly long. It was only, you know, four or five minutes. It was emotional at the end. You got the thank yous into everyone. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I continue to be so impressed by Kevin McCuller. Unbelievable. Like, I was thinking about this last night. If you have a list of the one-year players at KU, so this would include guys who maybe transferred in for a season, like Kevin McCullers or Isaiah Mosses, uh, guys who were one-and-dones. Like, for me, Kevin McCuller is on that that one-year uh, list of not just, like, you know, if you're building the one-year Bill Self player uh, starting lineup, like, he's probably on it. I don't know. It's what, like, Josh Jackson, Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid, uh, I don't know, maybe Kevin McCuller. I, I don't know who else would be up there. I, I hadn't really thought this through and, and put down a list. But um, just one of the more likable guys, too. And it, it's sometimes harder when you're a one-year guy to to maintain or, or to gain such a level of likability because you're just not around as much, right? But he just he's so down-to-earth. He's so humble. He is such a, a winning player with his defense and his hustle and his want to win and just seems like a really nice dude. Uh, I, th- I think he really endeared himself with the KU fan base, and that only got added to with his senior speech last night. Here is what he had to say with his senior day speech. What's good? What's good? <laughs> Shout out, Ern. Uh, man, I don't even know where to start. Um, this journey has been really emotional for me. Um, we Big 12 champs, baby. That's why I came here to do. Uh, <laughs> We still got a lot of more basketball left to play, but man, this feels great. Um, you know, it's a blessing to put on this uniform every night and come out here and compete in front of y'all. Um, it's just, it's just amazing. Uh, firstly, I just want to thank Coach Self and the whole coaching staff for um, giving me a chance to come here and put on this uniform. Uh, I remember the first day I jumped in the portal uh, when he gave me a call. I was kind of like, "Oh snap, it's Bill Self." He was my enemy for a little bit. Uh, you know, we used to we used to go at it. And um, when he picked up the phone and, and talked to me and my family, I was like, there's no better head coach that I want to play for for my last college year than you. Um, and I can't thank you enough. Uh, to the rest of the coaching staff, Coach Q, Norm, KT, Case, Dooley, Bashard, man. B-star over there. Uh, man, I can't thank y'all enough. Each one of y'all got y'all a different little flavor, and it all add up, and it's just the best thing, man. Y'all, y'all make coming to work every day great, man. It's, uh, it's an amazing feeling. Um, I want to thank the training staff, my boy Chad and Emily, um, you know, for helping me keep my body healthy and be out here every day. I want to thank Ram for pushing me in the weight room every day. Uh, that's my dog. And, um, and lastly, I just want to thank, you know, the fans. Um, without y'all, none of this would be possible. Uh, 
Um, you know, playing here, um, you know, we can be down by 10, 15, uh, and it's no doubt in my mind that y'all gonna give us the energy to be able to come back and, and play. Um, it's very special here in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, everywhere I go, I feel loved. Um, y'all are just electric, man. There's no place like Allen Fieldhouse, and uh, I'm so glad that I'm putting on this uniform for y'all, and uh, I'm gonna keep working my tail off every time that I step on the court uh, for y'all. Um, <laughs> lastly, uh, I want to thank, I want to thank my family, uh, dad, mom, Kate, y'all my rocks, man. Uh, without y'all, um, it's been a crazy journey, uh, full of highs and lows, <laughs> since I got into college, dealing with different injuries and, and all types of setbacks. And you know, it's hard for the position that we're in. Um, you know, at being a student athlete at this level, um, it gets hard sometimes. But without y'all support and y'all pushing me and the sacrifices y'all done gave me, and the time that y'all done spent, uh, you know, hours and hours and hours of pushing me every day, um, y'all the reason I get up and do it every day, because uh, I see what y'all go through and what y'all do every day. Uh, and I'm gonna keep fighting. It's been a long marathon and we still got a long way to go, but I love y'all, man. <laughs> Lastly, to my dogs, man. <laughs> These are my brothers right here. Uh, they know we locked in for life, man. I wouldn't want to be with no other team. Man, my dog's at MacArthur. We got so many memories on and off the court in the locker room, joking around. Man, I see my boy Bob laughing. It's my dog right there, man. Everybody over there, man. I just can't thank y'all enough. Uh, y'all make, make basketball easy, and I've just been living life and having fun since I've been in Lawrence, Kansas, and I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, and shout out my other boy, my boy Jay Will, man. We've been rocking for a long time. Uh, this is my brother for life, man. Y'all give it up. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. Rock talk. That was Kevin McCuller giving his senior day speech. Good stuff there from Kevin. That that end certainly gets you with him uh, talking about his family. What a big game. He had 14 points. And that 14th point, uh, it's not just that it was the most important point of the game for Kansas because they were kind of struggling before that to score anything to, to add to the lead over Texas Tech. But it's that that point got him over 1,000 for his career. So really cool for him. And, you know, in the case of both him and Jalen Wilson, they're going to go off to the NBA draft. I know both guys have another year, or Jalen has two years left of eligibility. They actually, when, when Self said uh, you know, uh, about them coming back and using another year next year, they showed on the camera at Allen Fieldhouse, and they, they dart to Jalen Wilson, and he's like shaking his head no, and he's like, nah, nah. So just kind of funny there. But, uh, yeah, certainly a, a very eventful one year for Kevin McCuller in his time at Kansas, and certainly you'd hope there's a lot more games with Kevin McCuller in a KU uniform. All right, we're going to take a time out here. When we come back, we're going to share Jalen Wilson's senior day speech, and uh, then we'll get into a little bit of KU women's basketball talk. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, klwn.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN, klwn.com, and the KLWN app. Tonight on our stations here on KLWN, we are going to get to some KU women's basketball. Pre-game will start at 615 
and uh, tip-off will be at 6.30 for Kansas hosting Iowa State over at Allen Fieldhouse. Over on our sister station, 92.9 The Bowl, we've got high school basketball. The Lawrence High Lady Lions are hosting a sub-state semifinal game, looking to move on. By the way, last night we had some sub-state semifinal action for the boys over on 92.9 The Bowl. LHS came through with a big-time victory. Free State, unfortunately, saw their season come to a close. So the Firebirds season uh, comes to its end. They did finish with a winning record on the year. For LHS, they're moving on to the sub-state finals, and we will have the LHS boys sub-state final game on Friday here on KLWN. Pre-game will be at 6.50 and uh, tip-off will be at 7 o'clock for that game. If the girls win tonight for LHS over on 92.9 The Bowl, they'll play again Saturday at 6 and I believe that one will be pre-game 5.50 tip-off at 6 over on 92.9 The Bowl as well. The only high school game this week that is on KLWN is going to be the Friday action with LHS in the sub-state finals looking to go back to the state tournament. As far as tomorrow, we're going to have Hawk Talk with Brandon Schneider airing at 6 o'clock. High School Sports Weekly is going to happen with the Baldwin High School basketball team. Uh, It's going to it's going to record live from 6 to 7 o'clock. So go out to Burgers by Biggs on Walker Russo and Bob Billings from 6 to 7. Watch the show. Get a burger. Maybe grab a milkshake. And then if you want to listen back to it, what it sounds like on the air, you can tune in from 7 to 8 on KLWN. Other programming notes for this weekend on Saturday, we got KU Women's Basketball on KLWN. That'll start at 1, pregame at 1245. When that game ends, we will join progress of the Texas game. So probably... I don't know, slightly into the start of play. If you want to hear the entirety of the KU men's game, including pregame, starting at 1.30, you can listen to it on our sister station with 105.9 KISS. So that is our uh, sports programming and scheduling for the upcoming weekend here. All right, it was uh, another senior day speech last night. It's coming from Jalen Wilson. Um, So Kevin McCuller gives up the mic after his speech. Then Bill Self gets the mic back. He uh, has a couple compliments for Kevin McCuller. Then he starts introing in to Jalen Wilson. And boy, did he have high praise for Jalen. You know, we've had a lot of great defensive players here. but never had anybody that can just go take somebody's ball as near as easy as Kevin does. But, uh, Kev, you've been special for all of us. You know, this, this, is, this is great, but we don't want to share anything. So... We got a big one on Saturday in Austin. We got to be great. We got to be our best Saturday. And one guy that will make sure that we are is probably means as much to this place as Frank, as Devontae, and certainly Ochai. The great, one of the great things about Senior Night is the fans can actually honor the, the kids that grew up right before your very eyes. And certainly we all saw Jalen do that. He handles adversity with class. And the thing I would say about Jalen more than anybody, we talk a lot about how many of you hate to lose. And of course everybody raises their hand. And then I would say, so if you hate to lose that bad, that means you're willing to do everything humanly possible to make sure you don't. And we've only had a handful of players that we've coached here 
that lives that every day. There's not a better competitor in America. There's not a tougher player in America. There's not a player in America that gets more out of his ability than what this guy does. I think he'll go down as one of the greatest winners in the history of Kansas basketball. Give it up for Jalen Wilson. That was Bill Self leading up to Jalen Wilson's speech. We'll go. We'll get to here in uh, just a second. But I mean, talk about high praise. One of the most you know accomplished, beloved uh, players with Frank and Devonte and Ochai, and it's it's very true. I mean, uh, you, you think back to it. So think back to other players in Bill Self's time that. I mean, we can we can narrow the gap and just say won a national championship and were at some point in their career all Americans. So you think back to the 08 team. The only players who were all Americans at one point in their career, I can't remember if Brandon Rush worked on to like a second or third team all American team at some point in his career. Uh, Sharon Collins obviously did. Cole Aldridge obviously did. So now you have two or three players. Then you think back to the last year's uh, title winning team. Ochai and Jalen Wilson. And who knows, maybe like DeWan or something will eventually work to that. I guess technically, I don't know if Remy Martin was like a third-team All-American is that, that one year he went off with Arizona State. But nonetheless, that means you're, you're already on a very short list of about four or five guys in KU's time or, or in Bill Self's time at KU that have even won a title and been an All-American at some point. And then if you further the list down to guys who at one point won a title under Bill Self and were first-team All-Americans – uh, I think Sharon was only second and third team. Uh, I think Cole was like second and third team. I know Ochai was first team. I mean, it might just be Ochai and Jalen. Like, that is a ridiculous list. Now, obviously, Ochai did it in the same year, which makes it extra special. But this Jalen career is kind of similar to the Sharon Collins one, if you think about it. He wins a title as a very key player, as Sharon was, but then he's asked to be the guy after the title team. And he is the guy, and he's an All-American. So I, I think any list that you're going to be putting up of best Bill Self players of all time, Jalen Wilson's going to be on that short list. Most accomplished Bill Self players of all time, he's on that short list. He won a title. He's been to a Final Four. He almost would have gone to, I guess he would have redshirted the year that you know they were the number one overall seed. Um, he's put up like big stats every year. He's been a, a real player for this team. Uh, the totals are going to be good for him, even in just a, a, a three-year full playing career. And you know now he's going to cap it off with a first-team All-American season. Which that list, if you forget the national title, first-team All-Americans is isn't like a super long list either. It's you know you have Ochai and um, I think Doak and Dotson. I don't remember if both ended up second team or if one squeaked onto a first team. Um, you know, you think back to Frank and Devonte, and you go back to like, even Marcus Morris was second team. So like Thomas Robinson would have been first team. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a short list that he is currently on. And, um, you know, my wife asked me last night, she goes, is Jalen going to get his Jersey retired? And, you know, she was just generally asking. It's a, it's an easy. Yes. It's a lockdown. Yes. Even if they didn't win the title last year, He's a first-team All-American this year who's a National Player of the Year candidate. Like, that on its own is probably going to get you up there. But he did win the title, too. And so that makes him very, very special. And he has a chance to do what I'm trying to think. No, I mean, th there's a crossover with the 2012 to the 2008 Final Four in, was it Connor Tehan, um, who was on both. But when you're talking about, like, key contributors – no KU player under Bill Self has made 
two Final Fours as like a player. Like Connor Tehan wasn't playing on the 2008 team, even though he was a key contributor on the 2012 team. If Jalen can make a Final Four, he might have a real case to being the most decorated Bill Self player because then he would have two Final Fours, he would have a national title, he would have a first-team All-American list, and then you could get into the nits about, well, but Frank won National Player of the Year, that's a little bit more. Or you could get into the nits about, well, this guy was on a more loaded team, and you know, whatever, but he'd be on that short list, and that is really, really cool. So anyway, uh, enough talking about Jalen. Let's just hear from himself. Here's what he had to say at his Senior Day speech last night. What up, what up, what up, what up? Uh, you know, I first just want to thank, thank God for, for putting me in this position and, and allowing me to come to, to such a beautiful school like this. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you know that, uh, you know, when I was 16, 17 years old, I was committed to a whole nother school. You know, I grew up, like my dad said, a Jayhawk fan, but, you know, certain things happened and I ended up committing to Michigan. And, uh, you know, it's probably like, a week or two, my mom knocks on my door, says Coach Beeline's going to the NBA, and now, you know, my college is kind of wide open. And it's, it's kind of like a sign from God, I believe, that, uh, you know, within a week of me going to school, that I had the opportunity to be where I really was supposed to be in the original time. So, uh, you know, uh, like Coach has said, you know, my four years here have been, been a pretty long four years as, as far as all the adversity I went through, but it was never a day that I, I doubted myself and doubted, doubted what this team could do because of all of you. You guys made playing basketball the greatest thing on earth. You made playing basketball here the greatest place on earth. And, you know, I'm just so blessed and fortunate to, to wear this number 10 for four years. And it, it's crazy how fast it goes by. You know, uh, I still remember checking in and, and breaking my ankle right there as a freshman eight seconds into the game and hobbling off coaches screaming, what are you doing? I'm like, I think my ankle's broke. And uh, I just go to the side and, you know, that was it for that year. And then we got COVID the next year. Uh, I get suspended the next year. And it's just like things keep piling up and piling up and piling up. But, you know, as I move forward, I keep faith in my team and keep faith in all of you because I know that no matter what I'm going through, no matter how hard a time feels or how dark it may seem, you guys seem to find a light in, in, in every single situation. And, uh, you know, last year I thought was, you know, the greatest moment of my life. And now I'm thinking this year is going to be the even greater moment of my life. So, uh, you know, I want to thank my family. They push me every single day. Uh, I got my brother here just flowing from San Antonio, mom, dad, papa, uncle Chris, Amber, I got grandma, T, Thomas, Brian, Craig, Mimi, Connor, all y'all up there. Drop off Fred, I didn't know you was even here, man, yeah, shout out Drop off Fred. <laughs> but uh, you guys don't understand the, the impact you guys have on my life. You know, I wake up every single day, not only wanting to, to win and, and, and get to that next level to change my life, but to change you guys' lives. You guys are everything to me. I don't know if any of you know, but I got family tattooed across my stomach. Uh, you know, I would, never, I would never put something on my body permanently if I didn't love it and mean it. And 
I can say from the bottom of my heart, you guys are the, my motivation. You guys are the reason why I wake up. You know, I love you guys so much. And, you know, I couldn't be in a position without two parents raising me as tough as, as y'all did. Uh, I thought when I was going to college, I would get away from all the tough parenting. And then Coach Self came along and kind of added to it. So <laughs> couldn't really run away from that one. But I love you guys so much. And, you know, I wouldn't be in this spot without you guys helping me out through everything that I've been through and learning how to handle adversity. And, you know, I give it all to you guys. No. Uh, to my coaches, I'll go down the line real quick just because I need to cue my dog. You know, every single morning I get a text in the morning asking me, you know, how I'm going to help the culture. And if y'all look at the banner last year, culture was one of the biggest things that drove us towards that. And, you know, not a lot of teams can come back down 15 in the national championship game without a hard culture. And Coach Hughes, the main one building that. Coach Rob, Coach Rob's always been my guy. Uh, what I always love about Coach Rob is no matter what I'm going through in the game and practice, he always finds a way to come, come to the side of my ear, kind of calm me down, let me know this, this, and that. And, uh, you know, I don't know how, but after every time out, he ends up calling a play that the team's going to run, talking about the back door. So, you know, just, just the things like that that you help me out with, you know, never go, you know, overlooked. You know, I, I appreciate everything that you've done to help me become the man I am today. And I just want to say thank you. We'll skip over Coach Self, save Coach Self for last. KT, my dog, uh, KT was one of the recruiters that I had. And, uh, you know, there's not, a, there's not another guy that, you know, I can just pop into his office and talk anything but basketball with. You know, he's one of those guys that I feel comfortable speaking with about anything a part of my life. And, uh, you know, I look at all of you guys as, as more than coaches but family. And, uh, you know, KT really hits home with that one. So I appreciate you, KT. When I got to school, uh, you know, Kate, that was before Case was an assistant coach, but, you know, I don't know if y'all knew of COVID, we was down a little bit, and, and Case used to come out there on the scout team and, and give us that work. So, uh, y'all know Case got that game, but, you know, Case, Case is always, you know, there for us, there for me. Uh, it, was, it was super cool, you know, last year being Case's first, first year, right? You know, uh, him, him helping us. You know, when I got suspended those three games and I was going through scout, Case was on the X's and O's like, like nobody else. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to pick someone's brain about basketball, I feel like Case is the guy to go to. And that's, if I have any questions, he's always the one I, you know, go and rap with. So I appreciate that, Case. I know we haven't had a lot of time to get the Dooley, but Dooley actually is also one of the smartest guys I know. Uh, he always keeps a pen on him, always writing something down. I'm, I'm not sure where your pen is now, but I know it's nearby. But you know, he's one of the guys that, you know, is also, you know, I come to the bench, I may be frustrated about something. He's always able to calm me down, reassure me of anything, show me what I'm doing wrong, show me a play. You know, we just had a play today that I was confused on. He wrote it down real quick and showed me what I needed to do wrong. So, uh, you know, things like that. Can't ask for a better guy to do that. So I appreciate you, dude. Thank you. Shard always been my guy. You know, he gonna let us know what we're doing every single day in the morning. But besides that, you know, he's always been a guy. I don't know if you also know, besides Case, we were a couple men down. Shard hopped out there and played his tail off every single day. And it just shows the dedication he has to this program, uh, the love he has for us. And, uh, you know, you hopping out there and working with us every single day really showed me how much it meant to you to, to, to not only help this program, but to help me and all of my teammates. And I'll never go and look, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Ram, my guy, 
Uh, me and Ram got a great relationship because I can always hit up Ram. You know, one of the main things we do is, is, is ask each other how we're going to get better. And, you know, I really took that to heart this year, coming back, being a leader of the team. Uh, I, I got to make sure that I'm getting better every single day, whether it's with my body, on the court. And that was the main guy pushing me, man. I, I promise I give a lot of the work that I do every single day here. Credit to you because you always keep me up to date. You always, you know, holding my standard high, and I, and I appreciate you. You're always my guy. B, B been my main guy working with me every single day, man. And, you know, all those unseen hours in the court, it's my guy B right here doing it all, man. He, he, he's rebounding for me, putting me through drills. Um, you know, all the things that I'm capable of doing on the court this year, a lot of this came from our one-on-one time, man. And I, and I appreciate you spending all your time early mornings at the practice, you know, things that you didn't even have to do. You, you, you put the time in, and I, and I really appreciate that, Doc. So all the managers, all of y'all the reason that we go, man. I promise, you know, every time I text y'all to come shoot, I know y'all may not want to, but, uh, you know, it just shows that dedication to wanting us to get better. You know, we wouldn't be able to do the things we do on the court without guys, you know, spending their extra time helping us get better. And a lot of these guys, you know, don't get the credit they deserve, but they're doing all the dirty work. They're doing all the work that nobody wants to do. And I promise I love y'all guys, man. I promise I appreciate everything y'all do. Thank you. To my guy Chad, shout out Chad, shout out M. Uh, like I said, when I broke my ankle, man, it was it was one of the toughest times of my life, and I you know I felt like the world was on my shoulders. You know, not being able to play at a, a beautiful place like this, and Chad was was helping me out every single day, regardless if it was early in the morning, uh, you know, after a game, getting treatment, whatever. That's always been my guy, I man. I can go to Chad and talk about football, talk about anything, and uh, just shows the kind of guy he is and, and dedication he has to this program. And I appreciate you, Chad, for real. Thank you. You know, also want to shout out Larry, giving us these red uniforms, man. We couldn't look clean on the court without Larry. Shout out Larry. Y'all give a hand up for Larry, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to my team, you know, I know that today was beautiful, and uh, today was a, a great beginning to what we want to do. You know, like Coach said, we got to gotta handle it on postseason and, uh, you know, on Saturday. But, you know, you guys are my brothers. You guys are or everything that we need to, to, to do to win this game, man. You know, that, that banner up there looks pretty good, but I'm sure another one will look even better, and it starts with us, man. I love y'all. I, I ain't forget about Coach Self. I, I know y'all thought that, but uh, uh, Coach, you know, like I said, when, when I was coming out of high school, I was, uh, you know, fortunate enough to, to have another opportunity to come to Kansas and, uh, you know, we clicked, and, and me coming up here was uh, was probably, you know, my freshman year was, was a, kind of a rodeo with the injuries, but, you know, if I had to have a guy to, that can coach me and motivate me, not only to be the basketball player, but the man I am today, you know, I, I give that a lot of that credit to you, man. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm at school, and, you know, handling school, handling basketball, you know, puts a lot of pressure on you, but with a guy like you in my corner, you know, I feel like I can do anything, and I appreciate you. I love you. Um, you know, I really appreciate you all the hard coaching that you've given me these past these past years. You know, it makes makes for special times like these, man. I, I love the way that you you've helped us all grow, and I just thank you for helping me to become the man I am today. I appreciate it, coach. Thank you. And to all of you guys, I thank y'all so much for giving me the best four years of my life here. You, yeah.
You guys have made this the greatest place to play. I love getting y'all amped up. Y'all help us out of any situation, and I couldn't have asked for a better family. You know, I came here knowing I had the best fans in the world, and I'm leaving on I got the best family in the world. So I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. You guys are everything to me. And we handle business. I'm sure I'll see a lot of y'all soon. Watch out. That was Jalen Wilson. Bit of a lengthy senior speech. Christian Brown actually afterwards, um, or I guess during it, I, I think they were like live streaming it. I forget if it was Facebook or Instagram. And he like commented that it was like taking too long. And then he posted on Twitter that he took too long. And Jalen went back at him and was like, you just wish you had one of these last year. So uh, just kind of funny with the little exchange between the two of them. But uh, Jalen Wilson, certainly going to be a Big 12 Player of the Year and a first-team All-American. And we'll see what type of postseason success he has in store for his final season. Certainly would be fitting after the Bill Self comments talking about as good of a winner as we've had here if he can lead Kansas to another Final Four here. Uh, we're going to take a timeout, talk a little KU women's basketball coming up on the other side with the KU women's team taking on Iowa State tonight. A big one for them. Pre-game 6-15, tip-off at 6-30. Of course, we've got high school hoops going on on our sister station at 6 o'clock, pre-game 5-50 for the Lawrence High girls in the sub-state semifinals. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Truck Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, klwn.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.